hopelessness? Why? It's a really, it's a bummer to be hopeless all the time. Why do we do it? Why, why do we still stick in it? Because Becky, we are hopeless without Christ. <laughs> it's so easy to feel hopeless because without Christ, we are completely hopeless. We are poor in spirit. We are dead in our sin. Right. And it's hard to change our mindset from that sometimes because we are sinful. listening to This Life We Live in the Body, a podcast about the gospel and weight loss. We are talking about specifically what the gospel teaches us about weight loss and what weight loss teaches us about the gospel. I'm Becky Watson and I'm here in person with two of my sisters. The first time we've all recorded all three of us in the same room. It is very fancy. It's much better than Zoom, (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) So uh, I'm here with Katie Morgan. How are you? Good. How are you, Beck? Good. And I'm here with Sarah Dubois. How are you today? Good. Thank you for driving over to our side of the state. It's okay. We had other things over here to do. <laughs> um, let's start out with um, our weights. Today, I weigh 225 pounds. Just your, are you going to do age or just... Oh, I'm 35 years old. Just wanted to make sure everybody knows Becky is older than... Yeah. <laughs> is that what that's about? Okay. Uh, and Sarah, you're next oldest. Yes. Let's remind everyone I'm you are Sarah. Older. I'm 33 years old. Uh, today I weighed in at 128 pounds. And I am Katie. I am 32 years old and I weighed 132 today. Praise God for all those weights. Yes. <laughs> they are all... Um, not sickly weights, right? No, like right. We're, none of us are underweight that we... We all walked here into the building. We did all walk into the building yeah. ourselves. <laughs> we are all enjoying um, a beverage of coffee. Well, did you have coffee I had, earlier? I had coffee earlier. Okay, good. We all had coffee today, so... We all had coffee today. God is good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's start out by reminding ourselves of the gospel. Um, the gospel is God's love for sinners, it's what God does for us, not what we do for God. It is good news, not mm. good advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's God changing us from the inside, not cl- when we, it's not just us cleaning ourselves up from the outside. We have broke down the gospel into three main parts. The first one is we lost it all. I was thinking today about Hosea. Isn't he the prophet whose wife was... Um, Unfaithful oh, to him. Wayward woman, I oh, think way, is the uh, Baptist a, way. Or a harlot is the <laughs> word harlot. that came to mind. And I wasn't sure if that was the right word. And she was a harlot when he married her right, as well. Right. He he married her and she was unfaithful to him. And as a picture of the way the nation of Israel was unfaithful to God. Mm-hmm. And lost it all. She was gone and um, a slave prostitute. Mm-hmm. And then... We know that Jesus did it all. And in the, in the story of Hosea, Hosea goes and buys back mm-hmm. his wife for not very much money because she had, like, um, become essentially worthless in mm-hmm. the eyes of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a really painful, horrible scene where he, when he has to give this small amount of money for the, for the wife that um, he's redeeming. Mm-hmm. And we, like that, come to Jesus with nothing. Mm-hmm in our hands. We have nothing to offer. We have, we are the ones at fault. We have left him. Mm. He doesn't owe us anything. And then he comes and redeems us back. 
And then, of course, that amazing third part that we get it all, that regardless of what we've done in the past, regardless of the fact that it cost Jesus something to redeem us, he continues to lavish upon us all the spiritual blessings. He is our, in the picture of the husband and wife and Jose, he's our husband who loves us, who's making us holy, who's protecting us, who's leading us. And we um, are not only held accountable for all the things we've done, but we are given great, great blessing. Mm -hmm. So this is truly good news. No one should hear the true gospel and come away with, oh, that just sounds too hard for me. Yeah. It, you should come away with, I can't believe it's that true, yeah. that it's that, that much grace. That it's that, that easy, it's that good. That is the hard part, that it is so easy. It, is, it requires nothing of us other than our faithfulness mm-hmm. right. to repent and turn. Yeah. Which is why it's all accessible to children. Yeah. Right. And in some ways better. Yes. Because they know what it is to come with nothing to Jesus. And the hard part for us all too often is that we think we are bringing something. Yes. And the idea that we have to humble ourselves and say, no, I really have lost it all. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus to do it all is the part that we really struggle with. And then when we doubt we get it all is when we think we have to keep living in shame mm. and guilt for the things that God has that God has already forgiven us mm-hmm. for, or there are things that aren't sins. Right? Yeah. That's been something I've been learning recently of just how my sin is already forgiven and the process of confession being not terrible, but an easy thing to go to. And then to walk away so happy, you know, yeah. like I don't need to sit and wallow in, in my filth, you know, right. I can be, I'm forgiven right now. Right. And I can go away and celebrate that right. I am forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just mm-hmm. to forgive mm-hmm. us our sins and cleanse us from one right. He wants us to do it. Yeah. He doesn't want us to hide. He wants us to just turn it over quick. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, like, I mean, I do know why, but it's silly when we try to like hide it from God yeah. or like we try to avoid it or we oh, try yeah. to say that it's not true or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're just heaping more guilt oh, upon our sure, head, yeah. more struggle and more mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, would you be willing to recap what we talked about last week? I'd love to, Becky. So last week, we really talked about um, how to combat the lies that we tell ourselves with scripture. Um, We talked about some of the stories that we have personally, um, but then in the end, Becky gave us this great framework to work off of, and it has four parts. The first part is that we capture our thoughts. It helps to write it down. The second part is that um, we examine our hearts. We see where that lie is coming from. Either from like an evil desire or like disbelieving the mm-hmm. gospel or right. believing in untruth. Yes. And then um, after that, we step back and we apply scripture. So uh, whether it's you look through um, the verses that you've memorized recently or whatever scripture you're working through in your personal time, or you just I'm, you take your, your little Bible app and you start searching words that apply to your situation um, and you apply scripture or you ask for advice from someone um, about what scripture can really speak to that lie in your life. And then we turn around and we turn that um, lie through scripture into truth. So um, that's the process we kind of talked about. We went much farther in depth with it, but we'll continue to do that today, I believe. Right. right, Becky? Yeah, we talked about that being the the process of um, as as part of that, you did an excellent job recapping. Um, 
the part of that to trace the fruit that we're seeing, either the actions right. or the thoughts we're having, trace it back to the root in your heart of what the belief is. Mm-hmm. And then what I'd like to do today is start with some fruit and let's try to trace it back to the root. Sometimes you have the fruit and then you could you need to trace it back to a different fruit, which traces back to a root, okay? So today our topic is hopelessness. It's hopeless, right? And as I thought about hopelessness, I thought it would be helpful to think about the fruits that come from hopelessness before we trace (laughs) hopelessness back to its roots. Does that make sense? Right, like what thoughts can lead to hopelessness in our state? Or what thoughts and actions reveal that you're being, you're like, you're being hopeless or you're believing in hopelessness. Sure. Um, So one example right off the bat is um, when we talked last week about you stepping on the scale, seeing a number higher than you wanted to, a familiar experience for me, (laughs) I will just say. Um, I get to, I really get a lot of experience dealing with this specific fruit. I don't think that's unique to you. I think that's pretty everyone. (laughs) Everyone, you, you get on that scale you're like hoping maybe a miracle happened. <laughs> Honestly, and what happened yesterday will not show on this scale. And we get on, and it's it's there. Uh, in the 600 pound life, the doctor he always goes, the scale does not lie. <laughs> and the person's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, No, the scale does not lie. You are 632 pounds. <laughs> I, though, am so dedicated to my hopelessness that when the scale does go down, it feels like a miracle. Like, (laughs) how did this even happen? (laughs) So it's like it feels arbitrary to me a little bit. Um, But anyway, so you step on the scale, you see a number that you don't like, and then you're like, um, at least I feel... This isn't working! You know, nothing's working. Uh, You know, this is pointless... It's not worth the effort. Why even try? Why even try? I should give up. I think, I guess, like, if I think about that, that doesn't really make sense. If you don't like the number now, if you give up, you will like it even less the next day. Yeah, but if but if you give up, well, I don't have to step on the scale again. I don't have to right. know what it is, you know? Right. And I think that that's very common. Like, you don't like that. Last time I got on, I didn't like it, so I'm yeah. not going to get on it again. Right, you know? right. I don't want it to ruin my day. Yeah. Um, another example, I hope I don't take your, yours, um, but like if you are used to this idea of hopelessness for a long time, um, at least in regard to weight loss, I kind of started taking care of my body in other ways. Hmm. Like because my weight loss felt hopeless, I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't like, so you stopped taking care of your body in other ways. Yeah, like I yeah. said you took care of your body. In no, I stopped taking. Oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah, it impacted that. And um, and when I started losing weight, um, you remember this, Katie? I was like starting to do like skin treatments, mm-hmm. trying to do more like using lotion more often, getting my hair done on time instead of waiting for a long time. You know, like getting new socks, getting new clothes. You like not like a whole new wardrobe, but like yeah, taking out the things that were ripped or stained, right. and like try to like um, t- just you take care. Care how you look. Yeah, yeah. But it was like taking care of my body, you know, mm-hmm. um, as part of a whole package. And I hadn't realized that I had abandoned that just because sure. I had abandoned the weight loss aspect. Yeah, right. Interesting. It reminds me of Katie and her cleaning. 
Um, <laughs> Katie loves cleaning, by the way. I love my cleaning. I love my cleaning. Oh, my God. I just... Okay, I'm going to interject this. I just started a new Instagram follower, like I'm following, and she's called the Folding Lady, and I, <laughs> I spent three times as long in my laundry today because I'm folding oh, everything perfectly. I'm so excited I about it. I love folding laundry. <laughs> totally different. That doesn't count as cleaning, Katie. Okay. Well, I'm sorry about my At folding. least personally. Personally, it doesn't count. Anyway. We won't about- a link to the Folding Lady. I love her. <laughs> About the cleaning. Katie says, always says that if you clean your room to the point where you love it, you're more likely to take care of it throughout the day. You're right. more likely to wipe up that little spill or something right. like that. It's, the maintenance is a lot easier because you care. Right, right. Yeah. And it doesn't feel hopeless. Like, if your room has been messy for six months, then... If oh, somebody spills Cheerios in there, you're not going to You're like, whatever. Yeah. Another thing I can speak from experience on... <laughs> Who cares? You know? <laughs> There's already Cheerios in the carpet anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, so I, it's interesting because either you, I feel like you can go either way on that one on the hopelessness of I don't want to get on the scale again. It's hopeless. So and then you start slowly neglecting the rest of your body. But I feel like it can go the other way also. Well, I can't do anything about my weight, but I'm gonna get real good at my makeup and I'm gonna get my nails done and I'm gonna get my hair done. Because that's where Katie went when she yeah. thought it was hopeless to lose weight or it didn't matter. I went the opposite direction. Well, we're going to go tanning because I feel good when I go tanning. And right. We're going to do... In that way, you're kind of covering up a gaping hole um, yes. of your spirit yes. with other like yes. avoidance tactics. Right. So is that the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Could be. Definitely. It's a different direction, but the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys think of any other like things that you could trace back to, oh, you're just doing that because... You think it's hopeless. I have one, but you might need to edit it out if it okay. doesn't work. Um, someone I was telling me this story that the person was saying, it doesn't matter. I know that I have an eating problem, and this regular soda is not attributing to that. I know it's just an eating thing, so I'm going to drink whatever I want. Because I know I have an eating problem, but... I'm not going to start drinking Diet Coke. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue with my Pepsi. I think that is a similar... I, I do think that is something where um, you've set up, like, rules in your head of, well, I could never do never do that good, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Or, like, like, no one is able to diet on Thanksgiving, so obviously I'm not going to diet today. But the truth is, remember, you started your diet on Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. But, like, I think pe- you can, people can set up, at least I did this, you can set up little, like, well, of course I can't stay within my calorie goals at a restaurant. So I might as well. I might as well. I I'm not even going to try, cream. right? Yeah. It's just hopeless that mm-hmm. I would be able to resist temptation in this scenario. Right. Which, can we think of a verse that has something to do with that? But that's skipping ahead. But, like, there's no temptation that is too great for you like right. you know like it's not an excuse right mm-hmm. but um you know i definitely think that's part of it like what well, you know i'm never going to give up this i'm never going right, to give right. i mean there's it's not that you have to give up soda if that's really is something you love but you but you can work your calorie goals around it or you yeah. can, you know like there's other ways i mean it's not necessarily that thing but on the other hand if you feel like this person is excusing, I can, I know I'm overeating and I'm yeah. just going to ignore that. But because I know I have an overeating problem, I can 
do right. whatever else I want. I can right. have this ice cream because I know I'm going to overeat at dinner time. Right. right, right. Making making the little things excuse the bigger yeah. problem. Yeah. And but using then it, the little things yeah. as an excuse to ignore the, the, the big, big problem. problem. Yeah. Like, but then also, no, I bet you if you cut all your little things, you yeah. would see that those are a big problem too. You've got yeah, two right. big problems going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. That is, that, is, that is part of the hard transition to healthy eating as you realize oh that too oh that there's like it you kind of peel back some layers of some idols you didn't know you had because mm. you thought you had one problem but you actually had like well yeah whenever you whenever you look into the mirror of the gospel <laughs> it reveals a whole lot of sin yeah a whole lot of sin well mm. and that's why they say as you become more mature as a christian the more sin you see in your life mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're becoming more sanctified, you feel like you're becoming more sinful. But that's only because you're seeing the sins far below the layer that have always been there. Yeah. Right. You're just now seeing them for the first time because all those other external, more external things are gone. Yeah. And even though, I mean, you still are being sanctified. Right. You still are more right. like Jesus. You are becoming more and yes. more like Jesus. You just have become more and more aware of your own sinfulness. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like the most outer um, edge that I think we can think of is like all these actions which if you traced it back, you'd realize you're thinking to yourself, it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other way we might say that to ourselves? Like it's besides it's hopeless. We might say it's not working. Mm. Um, what else? I'm giving up before I'm starting. Yeah. It's not worth trying. God doesn't want this for me. Yeah, Which, just, if it's combating sin, he does yeah. want that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way my body is. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bigger woman. It's just the way I am. Which is true. Some people, I mean, not everyone is going to have, even at their healthiest weight, going to be the same size. Yeah. But that sin, that sin, Jesus wants you to get rid of that, mm-hmm. regardless right. of what size you are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more a question of whether you're taking care of your body and your, your, your health than it is about what the scale says. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, also, uh, sort of like the idea of that's that's not part of my personality that's something someone else does like kind of categorically saying oh i'm not that kind of girl right that's something i'm not that kind of girl I i'm not. just the type of person that mm. loves food and i can and in that scenario you are denying that god can change you and mm. from the inside out to, to be the person he wants right. you to be I think that's a way that, that Satan can trip you up and, and and keep you stuck in some stuff. It's just like, this is who you are now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of off of that, too, this this doesn't fit with my stage of life or this doesn't fit with my my lifestyle. Right. Especially as, like, a busy mom or something like that. Yeah. Like, I'm too busy to go work out. I'm too busy to prepare healthy meals or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to make those excuses. My life is too stressful. I need I need a stress release. Mm-hmm. Um so it really can feed into a couple of those other lies that, you know, we're going to talk about in the coming episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's take, so that's the it's hopeless level. Let's trace it back one more level. Why are we so prone to cling to hopelessness? Why? It's a really, it's a bummer to be hopeless all the time. Why do we do it? Why, mm-hmm. why do we still stick in it? Because, Becky, we are hopeless without Christ. <laughs> It's so easy to feel hopeless because without Christ, we are completely hopeless. We are poor in spirit. We are dead in our sin. Right. And it's hard to change our mindset from that sometimes because we are sinful. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It is, there is an element of truth to it. But with the gospel, we have a living hope in Jesus and the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And so we need to let that form us. It is, so you're right. Part of it is, it is unnatural to believe in hope. Right. And it reminds me, I know you guys at your church, you do New City Catechism with your kids. Yeah. And it reminds me of that first question. What is our only hope in life and death? And it is that we are not our own, mm. but we belong to God. That is our only hope. Right. Right. So. That we belong to God. Right. And he can do what he wants with us. And if he wants to change us, and he does, he can do that, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and he will do that. Mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts on that, Kate? Yeah. Well, we'll give credit where it is due. Uh, Our dad did a sermon um, or a Sunday night sermon on clinging to hopelessness a couple weeks ago. So I have his, I have my notes from that. I was in nursery during the sermon and Katie texts me that she's like, dad needs to be on the podcast. Yes, he does. He's good. You can listen to this, dad. You are going to be our success story. (laughs) Um, Jesus' success story. Jesus' success story on weight loss in the gospel. But uh, as he's going through all these things, I'm sitting there like, Daddy! <laughs> I was so terrified. He's like, this is what I think. This is what I feel so often. And I was, and he, afterwards he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm such a hopeless person. <laughs> My personality, I don't have a lot of hopelessness moments. But, um, but he said he had a lot of good things. One of the reasons that he or people... Uh, tend to cling to hopelessness is to justify an action on his part. And uh, he said, he read Proverbs 26, 13. A sluggard says there's a lion in the road and a fierce lion roaming in the streets. And it justify, I don't have to, I can't go out. There's something scary out there, yeah. you know, to justify. Why would, I, why would I put any effort into this? It's only going to be uncomfortable yeah. and dangerous. I could, I can't go to the gym and walk on the treadmill. I could hurt my leg. I could. I know it could be so bad, you know. Uh, but also if I, if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting here as an overweight person and then I just don't ever open that door of what if you try to lose weight? If you don't ever open the door, you don't have to go through it. I can sit here on my couch. I can sit here and go on through my life. I can do my busy little things and just ignore all the mirrors, ignore all the weights, ignore my doctors, you know, just, I think I don't have to do anything. And even if we're not talking specifically about weight loss, am I taking care of my body? Am I exercising as much as I should? All those little things. Am I drinking water? Right. (laughs) Am I I eating a balanced diet? Yeah. That's a big one. Am I sleeping enough? (laughs) Answer, no. No, Never. (laughs) Definitely Um, not. But, you know, Katie, for some people, I think a lot of people, the door of weight loss opens a lot of emotions. It's going to take a lot of emotion work and there's some like baggage that you have to work through that you've been ignoring for a long time. And it's scary. So yeah. And hard. Yeah, it definitely is hard. And it's not, I think a lot of times we think that weight loss is physically painful or hurts or is hard. It kind of is, but it's mostly mentally hard and emotionally hard. Spiritually hard. Yes. Yeah. And even if you're not talking about it with someone else, it's like an internal things that are being revealed to yourself of your own selfishness, of your own vulnerabilities. vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, it's a, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's a painful process. Which is the next one I had written down. Uh, we cling to hopelessness to end a difficult battle. So from Job, uh, Job 2, 9, his wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Just give up. Just give up. It's hard. 
on this diet, give up. Yeah. Go get those chips. Go get that ice yeah. cream. You know, it's been a hard day. Just give up. Yeah. It is true because it because it takes the spiritual and emotional effort, it would be easier to just not fight it. Right. And all, we all have people like Job's wife in our life, too. Maybe they don't realize that they're those people in our life, but they're just give up. Come right. on, just come join me. They're probably justifying, at least sometimes, justifying their own lack of fighting, you know? They're like, I don't want... Possibly. Or maybe they're just completely unaware that you're struggling with Mm -hmm. that, too. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I know that as when Katie's losing weight and she's uh, refusing a second helping of dessert, there have been times I was so annoyed. Like, just eat more dessert, you know? Like, you're you're skinny enough, you know? But, uh, you know, Katie was doing the hard battle and I was being hopeless in Mm -hmm. that scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, another reason Dad gave was to um, cling to hopelessness, hopelessness, to give me permission to sin right now or to sin in the future. So I'm not going to be able to last 21 days. Yeah. I'm just going to eat it right now. Mm-hmm. If I can't make it, I'm just going to do it right now. Uh, and then he, he, and that was, this may be as a truth, but um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, uh, Dad, or not, these are all of them, but these were the ones that he, that I could apply to weight loss easily. Uh, the last one was to shift blame on the creator. God, you made me wrong. You made me chubby. I'm not, I'm, I can't say no to cake. Yeah. I was born this way. That I'm just the type of person who is not able to be self-disciplined. I love food too much. Yeah. That's the way I was made. Yeah. 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 Or even say, well, God made food and food is good. Yeah. So we should indulge. If God didn't want me to overeat, he shouldn't have made cheesecake taste so good. It is so good. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) I'm glad we're in ingredients on this one. Maybe we could have a cheesecake sponsor an episode. Cheesecake factory sponsor an episode. We would be great spokespeople for Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I have tried many of their flavors. <laughs> I am an expert on their menu. I went there with a friend and um, I was like, they had not been there before or not not in a long time or something. And they're like, what do you recommend? And I like, listed all, like, all the flavors I had tried. It was a lot of them. <laughs> it was most. I was like, that was pretty good. This was really good. <laughs> it's really embarrassing (laughs) as embarrassing as the sonic peanut butter oreo milkshake it's not embarrassing at all i still recommend it i was waiting for that to very very good milkshake that i think everyone should try i think we should get a sometime before we record together (laughs) um one other thing I thought of while you were talking about, um, this might be going back up to the external level sure. again, but when you are hopeless, you miss, you're blinded to what God's doing already. Hmm. So I had shared with you guys over our text feed that um, I I recently reached a 10-pound loss goal, and I was literally shocked because the entire time I thought, well, I'm not losing weight. I'm not losing weight. It's not working. I wonder what I need to do to fix this. It's not working. It's not working. And like, it was just that the weight was loss was pretty gradual. 
and had, you know, we talked last week about the weight loss is actually kind of spiky, so it's kind of hard to tell. And I had, I finally hit the, the low number that would make the 10 pound loss. And I realized that I was so focused on what wasn't happening that I was missing what was happening. Right. And if I went back and looked at like my weekly averages, they steadily were going down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by half a pound or something like that, but that's progress, you know, actually maintaining is progress. So it's not, um, so it's, it's, that hopelessness is a double-edged sword. Like, it, and it feeds into itself oh, if yeah. you let it take over. It's, yeah, so you can definitely get into a spiral of, well, this isn't working, and this isn't working. And this especially isn't working. if you're, like, give up, and then mm-hmm. you get you fall off your wagon, and then you, mm-hmm. you know. Then, so. then you're sitting on your couch looking at this mountain right. of stuff, and then uh, you're paralyzed. You can't do anything. Yeah. It's easy to be become frozen when you feel hopeless mm-hmm. and not act at all. Mm-hmm. And then the other, um, again, this might be jumping ahead, but I heard this this week and it resonated with me that the reason people quit things like diets, like relationships, like jobs, bad quitting, not the good quitting, the, they just, it's too hard to quit, is they keep looking into the future and... And, like, how much they have to go and, like, you know, like, they'll be, you know, someone's doing manual labor or they're running a race or something. I can't do this for six months. I can't do this for another hour. I can't do this, you know. And, and, and the person was saying, stop looking at the future and just start looking at what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Sure, you maybe you feel like you can't do this job for another six months, but can you do the next minute? I bet you can. Yeah. Can you do the next, you know, again, just... Focusing on, like, right now and letting the future take care of itself. From a Christian perspective, we recognize that God's grace is sufficient. And when we look into the future and worry about it, we're envisioning a future without God's presence and grace with us. His presence and grace is with us right now. And so we need to stop looking. I mean, the guy who the guy that I heard this from was secular. He was just saying... When I go to breakfast, I don't worry about lunch, you know, just like think about right now. Um, but if, from a Christian perspective, we say just moment to moment, right? Like, what do you want me to do next? I, I'm a, mm. I don't think, I know I cannot do this forever, God, but I'll do the next minute because right. you're with me. Do not be anxious for tomorrow for today has enough troubles of its own. Right. Yeah. yeah. Worrying is always wrong, but just rec- just focusing on the fact that... Um, his mercies are new every morning. Mm. His grace is sufficient for for today. And that God's presence is nearer than you think. He's right. so close to you right now. So what do you think? Let's trace it back a little closer to the root. What do you think are the beliefs, or the lies that we are believing? Or what part of the gospel are we disbelieving when we have the fruit of hopelessness? So we're, we're kind of moving into the, like, examine your heart part. Right. I think... Um... I think we're be- we're not believing that Christ defeated sin on the cross on our behalf. Yeah. Mm. Say more. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that we're in our hopelessness. We believe that we have to do everything, and that we, in our own strength, are powerless to do that. We're not depending on Christ to do it for us. Mm-hmm. Right. If if these if overeating, not taking care of ourselves, inability to lose weight boils down to a heart problem a sin problem that sin is it it shouldn't be our burden 
Right. Christ has already covered us and taken that sin from us. We're disbelieving that Jesus did it all. Right. Yeah. We're yeah. thinking he did a lot or some uh-huh. or that we have to do it, not that yeah. he did it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not hopeless. It's not. Because it's already done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to just say that, that someone who is feeling hopeless is very comfortable in the part in the part of the gospel I've lost it all. Mm-hmm. I have I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just a completely waste of space. I have nothing to live for. I have nothing to do. Uh, my favorite book of the Bible is Ecclesiastes. Meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I hate it. I hate it all. And so I'm just yeah. going to sit here very comfortably. And really, in, in, it's so sad when you put it that way because I feel like we've all been in that moment of everything's hopeless. Right. To to feel how, see how we are diminishing Jesus and how mm-hmm. highly in my head I think of Jesus and how it just doesn't stay in the heart all the time of how much he is and how much he's done and how his blood is sufficient for me. And it's interesting because in a way that's a different level of pride. Yeah. That yes. that you are so important that you are your abilities are so important that they should be able to achieve this even though oh, you're yeah. not getting there. Yeah. You know, you remember in Sunday school we would draw that picture of the two cliffs, you know, and I'm on one side and heaven's on the other side and Jesus is the bridge and like they draw across their <laughs> And like how we think, okay, if I get a running start and I run and I jump as far as I can, I'm going to make at least three feet off that cliff, you know? And so uh, Jesus can do, you know, 97 feet, but I got those last three, yeah, you right. know? Or even sometimes I feel like we put them at the beginning. Okay, yeah, I need Jesus first, but he only needs to go half, most He'll of get the me started. He'll get me started and then I can jump that last three feet, right. you know? Yeah. But it's interesting. It is a pride thing. Yeah. And even someone, I think of uh, someone who could feel so insecure about themselves and feel so low about themselves and not realize, baby girl, you got a pride issue going on. You know, you are holding on to your weight, your physical weight, your physical body in a prideful way. You don't want to face the the sin. You don't want to face the vulnerability Mm -hmm. because it would be humbling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think also there's an aspect so (laughs) where they can also, you doubt that we get it all, right? Yeah, Jesus has forgiven me. I know I'm going to heaven, but that's not really going to impact my life going forward, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that only applies to, like, the spiritual stuff. And I think that I was in that spot of realizing, oh, I need the gospel for every breath, for every bite of food, right? It's not just, just the esoteric, invisible things, but it's actually, like tangible that there's actually um he could bring forth fruit and growth in me in a way that i could see Mm. that was really surprising to me yeah that is i feel like it's new to me too to understand that like i feel like i can see that in in uh real bad sinners lives you know like oh you came to christ later in life and you know i see god working in your life and changing you but i mean that's how he's changing me yeah you know i'm no i'm no better i'm no worse we're in the same spot. We are all addicts, oh, you yeah. know, and um, maybe not to drugs, but maybe to food. And um, when we use food as a for emotional means, I mean, how is that much different than being addicted to drugs or being an alcoholic? Because mm-hmm. we we aren't dealing with our problems and mm-hmm. our emotions; mm-hmm. we are eating them, mm-hmm. and so. Um, can God bring freedom to that to, to us addict? from an from an addiction? 
he does. I think that's the only way you can yeah. get out. Yeah. You know, even in like the twelve step pro- programs, they they have uh, a higher power. Is right. To acknowledge a higher power. Acknowledge a higher power, which is a secular way of you need Jesus. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people going through that and who are successful in that program do come to Jesus, and right. that's why they've been successful in it. Yeah. So, the, so we kind of caught to the root. How about we apply some scripture to this? Um, while you guys are looking up your notes, when I first started losing weight, our pastor was going through Jeremiah. So mm. I was just my Bible study at that time. And man, you should read the first couple chapters of Jeremiah when you're dealing with a sin problem. Because it's all God speaking through Jeremiah to the people who, like in um, chapter 2, verse 13, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And I just felt like God was saying, look, Becky, not only are you not coming to me with your problems, you are going to a Sonic peanut butter Oreo milkshake for your problems. Okay? will be gone in three minutes. Right. And then... In verse 19, he says, your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, it does. Like, when I go to food instead of to God, I am the one who's punished. It hurts. It's not good. Mm -hmm. And he says, consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me. Which I think is so interesting that. The way God is saying to get out of this cycle, you need to increase the amount of awe you have for me. And you need to rec- like reflect and meditate on my transcendence. Then you can, st- so if you're, if you're one of those people who are like me and you um, go to food for your emotion, you want to break that cycle. What you need to do is really focus on the transcendence of God. How big, powerful, mm-hmm. strong, holy just Mm -hmm. omnipresent he is and then um there's this kind of fun passage where god is providing this like you say this and you say this and he and he compares them to a camel in heat who's just (laughs) running around being stupid and he says any males that pursue her need not tire herself themselves at mating time they will find her do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry because, um, but you said, it's no use. I love foreign gods and I must go after them. <laughs> and I think about that all the time when I'm like fighting a temptation or a craving. It's like, this is so stupid. I always have to think before I say stupid because I'm not allowed to say it around my four-year-old. Yeah, I was going to say. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> I'm going to use it here. <laughs> hopefully, not yet, at least. Hopefully it doesn't make us have an explicit rating. But the point is... <laughs> It's so stupid. It's like we're like, it's no use. I can't do it. Mm. I and it's and it sounds so stupid coming from the Israelites saying, We love foreign gods. <laughs> we have to go after them. But that's what we do yeah, yeah. when we continually go after all the idols in our life. Yeah. So um highly recommend it's a real fun read when you read it through that lens. Chapter three, he gives us some hope. He says, Return faithless. Israel declares the Lord. This is three chapter three verse eleven. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. And He says, "Return, faithless people." Verse twenty-two. I will cure you of your backsliding. Mm. And He does. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. So that's some scripture you can apply. What else can we apply? 
Uh, as I was going through preparing for today, I came across 1 Peter 1.13. It says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm. Our hope is set in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not in ourselves, not in our weight loss abilities. Our, our, circumstances, our circumstances, our emotions. Our, yeah, all of it. So I thought that was really um, encouraging. Yeah, this verse goes with that. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of God because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Oh, my word, you guys. <laughs> stand firm, baby girl. You got this diet. You got this weight loss. You or, can do or, it. More accurately, Jesus got it. Je- Jesus got it. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of who? Of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Right. He's He's got it. He's got it. It's so cool. Which verses were those, Katie? 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. Okay. Yeah, 58 is really one of my favorite verses. I I received it in a letter from one of our pastors just encouraging us in the good work we were doing at the church. And I read it and I was like, I need to commit it to heart. Like that is just soul food right there. That is is living water. And so that's one of my favorites. Um, I really love in John chapter 15, uh, verse 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And how inc- how encouraging, how inspiring is the theology of election, that God has mm. chosen mm. you. He's chosen you, prepared good works in advance for you to do. That's Ephesians 2. But to, to bear fruit that this is God's purpose for you and God's will for you that you become more like Jesus and that it's up to him. So it's not hopeless because you've got like the God of the universe on this. And, you know, there's, like you said before, what right do we have to question his ability to help me not eat cheesecake when he is, you know, done everything else from the attorney past, chosen me to bear fruit. Can he do it? I think so. I have another one. Um, let's go back to the Old Testament. This was one of my um, favorite verses in my early 20s. Um, I felt like I was always waiting for the next step in my life to happen. And actually, it turns out that once that step happens, I'm always waiting for the next step. After. Sure. There's always yep. waiting in my yep. life. But um, Psalm 27:14 um, says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. God is doing good works in our life. We can't always see it right away. What we're doing is not hopeless. We just need to be patient. Mm-hmm. We need to wait for the Lord. Wait for his timing. Wait for his action. Don't be so obsessed with what isn't happening that you miss what he is already doing. Right, like mm-hmm. you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philippians three twenty and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait, await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Mm -hmm. So as we look at our bodies and how uh, 
I have a friend that just said this to me, a lumpy brick house. <laughs> that our bodies are not great looking. You know, there's like pear and there's apple and there's hourglass. But we all fit into a lumpy, lumpy brick, brick house. house. That you sounds know? like me. Yeah. Especially uh, postpartum bodies and uh, aging bodies. Our lumpy brick houses are beginning to erode and fall apart. Um, that Under his power... He's going to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. We literally could go on forever (laughs) when it comes to hope because this is the whole story of the gospel. There's so much hope. It's because all of life, all of the world is without hope except for what's in this book. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to choose from. Let's, Let's move on to that last step of speaking truth. Sure. How would you... Speak to yourself in a moment of hopelessness based on the scripture you picked. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could say it, a lot of different angles. So um, it doesn't have to be covering all of the angles. Just one angle is fine. I think I would use, because I've been, you know, both of my passages dealt with um, the transcendence of God. I would say God is big enough for this. Mm. He's he's powerful enough. There's nothing God can't do. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, when I'm feeling hopeless, that's what I would say to myself. Can you ask the question again? Second? Yeah. What is the, what is the hope? What is the truth to the lie? It's hopeless. There's hope, you know, like, so what would you say? If, say someone says, I, it's just, I can't, I'll never be able to do it. I would say that's right. You can't. Jesus can. Yeah. Give it to him. Right. Let go of your pride. Open your Bible and give it to him. Yeah. I would say along with that, because this is how I felt at the beginning, as I just said, I don't know if Mm. it's possible. You say it is, Jesus, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to look to you, Mm -hmm. and and if you want to do something, you do it. I still feel in that place sometimes. Like. I don't know. I even said this the other day. I don't know if it's God's will for me to lose weight. And you're like, it's God's will. <laughs> I don't sounds, sound like that at all. Uh, no, that no, sounds exactly like <laughs> <laughs> You said to me, Rebecca, you said to me, I don't think I could lose 100 pounds or something. And like, even you said you said in the in the recording once, it's like, I don't think I could weigh that much. And I said, anything is possible oh, yeah. with Christ back. You can do it. Right. And you just... It's baby steps holding yeah. his hand. Right. And it's that that concept of looking at, you're right, I can't lose 100 pounds in a day. Nope. But I can lose one pound a week, maybe for 100 weeks, or maybe 200 weeks I'd lose half a pound a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's a lot of times that hopelessness comes from us being impatient yeah. and not recognizing yeah. that it's going to, yeah. you have to do the right thing for a long period of time. It's not going yeah. to be easy. It's not yeah. going to be I feel fast. Like so often when we give in to hopelessness, we don't realize how much of a toddler we are looking yeah. like. I can't do it. Uh, I have to follow after boring <laughs> dads. I have to follow. Elliot, my uh, three-year-old, every once in a while goes into the state of helplessness. Yeah. I don't know if they're, I mean, to maybe he needs, maybe he's feeling hopeless. He, hopeless, helpless. I don't know. I'm like, Elliot, put your shoes on. And he lays on the ground and just flops his feet around. He's like, I can't. It's too hard. I'm like, Elliot, just do it. You put shoes on all the time. I can't do it, mom. I can't. You can do it. Just, just go on without me. <laughs> Sometimes I want to. But 
It's the same way. I feel like we get the same way. I dieted for a whole three hours. I can't do it. It's only between meals, Katie. You know, and I feel like I felt that, you know. It's been three hours. And I've I've noticed I'm hungry and I'm cranky and, you know, nothing's changed. Well, yeah. With that attitude, no. No, you're right. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Did you have one, Sarah? Yeah. um, I think that we're not... I I would have to tell myself that it's not hopeless. We aren't hopeless because Christ has already done it for us. Right. We don't have to depend on our own strength, but we can depend on Christ. That's the only change we'll ever see in our lives is if we depend on Christ. Maybe one more thing um, is it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fast. It's going to be hard, painful, and humbling, okay? Yeah. We know that. Sure. But Jesus will be with you. Oh, yeah. Every step of the way. His presence is there. Yeah. When the good shepherd guides the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death, he doesn't say, but it's not scary. He says, (laughs) but I will be with you and my staff and my rod, and they're comforting you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, it's going to be scary, but I will be with you. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure of, all of our listeners right now that like want to lose weight were like, okay, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. you got to do it forever. <laughs> but it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because Jesus is more than okay. Right. And you actually aren't alone. You yeah. have a community of people That's around true. you. It's whether you keep it to yourself or you share it with people. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite worship songs for weight loss is... Um, that Michael W. Smith Surrounded song. And Addie and I love it. We sing it because it's really... It's really simple. It's the same words over and over. It's like, this is how I fight my battles. And then the second part is, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it just repeats those mm. the whole time, um, which is good for me when I'm on the treadmill because I am just like, I, I like lose my ability to like reason or have hard <laughs> thoughts. It's like so much, I don't know, I'm, I get really, plus it's early in the morning, yeah. I think. So it's just the pound that in my head that it's like, I know it feels... Like, I'm surrounded by enemies, but I'm actually surrounded by God. His mm. presence is very close to me, and um, he's here. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. And I and I really feel that reflecting on God's presence uh, is such a, a, such a tool, a weapon, mm. when you're facing temptation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, in fighting temptation, you really, you got to arm yourself. Uh, we were talking about this the other day of the spiritual armor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel talks about how he, he pictures like a flaming sword, the sword of truth. And as he sees temptation, he pictures it like as, as a monster coming toward him and he chops right sword through Sword of the it. spirit, yeah. Sword of the spirit, that's right. the Sword of the spirit. Belt of truth. Mm-hmm. Well, and when our when we focus on the details and reflect on them over and over again in, a time, in the times that we are not tempted, that we are not tired, that we are not scared, um, I'm thinking kind of what I said last week, like we... When we are in those situations, that's when we use that and we can use the little things in it Mm -hmm. to remind us of the big Mm -hmm. truths. Mm -hmm. We can use those speak truth to me phrases to lead us to the bigger picture, even Mm -hmm. if we can't verbalize it. Right. That's why it's so important to feed and nourish your soul on the truth and regular Bible study, not as a burden, but as a, you know, you need this for, um, for your your heart and your soul to be filled up don't be drunk with wine or don't eat too much food but be filled with the spirit right and this and that needs to be from being in the word abiding with christ praying right marinating in the truth right 
the scripture that you haven't memorized won't help you in the moments of temptation. Right. It's the scripture you memorize yes. when you're not in temptation. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, you know, it's hard to just being prepared. You know, we can't expect, maybe you just said this, uh, can't expect to fight temptation if you're not ready. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like a prowling lion. Mm-hmm. But, uh, James 4, 7, if you submit to God and resist the devil, if you do that, it will flee from you. Yes. It is, it's not like a constant fight forever. It's mm-hmm. like little peaks of fights mm-hmm. and you, and you, if you um, use that sword of the spirit and the belt of truth, it's yeah. gone and you can move forward. And that's a process of sanctification like we talked about earlier. We're getting better at fighting old sins. Right. And then we're discovering new sins. Right. But we're going to get better and better and better at fighting those things. Yeah. Right. Well, um, let's uh, close this part in prayer. Katie, would you close in prayer? Sure. Uh, dear, uh, dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for um, this conversation. And thank you for reminding us that you are our hope. We do not need to be hopeless because of the hope that we enjoy, that we find in you. You, you took all of the wrath, God's wrath of our sin and our failures, and you took them to the cross, Lord, and you took that pain for us and we praise you for taking away our sin and that we can um, enjoy an eternity with you Lord help us to remember that we um, don't need to be don't need to sit in our hopelessness but to rejoice in our forgiveness and in our new life with you in Jesus name amen So, do you guys have any practical um, tips or blessings that you would like to share? I have a tip. Um, so, I don't. I think I might have mentioned the dietitian program I did when um, I first started trying to lose weight before I had kids. Um, and this kind of comes from that. Uh, she, the dietitian's name is Jessica Pinner. She does a program, or she her program is called Smart Nutrition. If you want to link it in the bio. Um, or the Instagram. Yeah, link the it show on the Instagram, notes. the show, show notes. notes. So um, this kind of feels weird if you actually try this, but try to eat without distraction. The one distraction that has positive benefits to us is, is social interactions. So sitting down and eating dinner with your family, that's a positive interaction. But sitting on your phone, watching mm. television, mm-hmm. reading a book, those things are going to distract you from actually paying attention to what you're eating and what you're putting in your body. Sure. They've mm-hmm. done a lot of studies on it, actually. Like, they've done things where people are trying to play a video, like, a small, simple video game while they're eating a snack mm. and or whatever. And then they, the, like, their brains literally do not register the fact that they've eaten anything. So mm-hmm. then they go back and get more food. And it's boring. Believe me, the first time you do it, if you're sitting down at lunch at work or whatever and you've got your phone put away and your book put away and you're just eating your lunch, it's very boring. <laughs> but um, it really is good for you because it makes you sit down and actually think about what you're what mm. you're eating. Yeah. Right. It makes a yeah. big difference on how much you eat. And yeah. With that, I wonder, I feel like I find this for me is like uh, just the habit of it. Oh, it's lunchtime. The kids are in bed for their naps. I always eat while I watch TV. You right. know, so like then... To sit down without something in my hands is like, well, I'm probably hungry, aren't I? You know, and try to like... Yeah. It's definitely a habit thing. That's one of the things that uh, I, I cut. 
I've had to recut and cut this many times, but uh, <laughs> eating like popcorn or a snack um, after my kids go to bed. My husband and I sit down, we watch a little TV, and I'm like, all right, bring out the popcorn. Let's have some ice cream. It's like, I'm not even hungry. We just yeah, ate dinner maybe just, an hour or two right, ago. Right. But, like, having that food is, it's like a that habit. That was a big, the big habit for us, too. And we made a rule um, that if we were going to have, like, a dessert or something after dinner, we had to earn it. So we have to, if we're going to go get ice cream, we have to go walk, um, mm-hmm. for uh, like, go on a walk beforehand or, um, you know, like... Uh, do something with the kids outside and then we could have something, you know, a popsicle or they, whatever. So um, to kind of pair it with, this is not just something we're going to do every night yeah. no matter what. Right. As much fun as ice cream every night would be, you gotta, yeah. if you're trying to lose weight and not trying to gain weight, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pick your battles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, along with that, I think, is the idea of this is a, that one's a hard one for moms, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's maybe your only time that mm-hmm. you get, or you're just busy with them, and that's why you're distracted. Right. But another thing for moms is like making yourself real food and arranging it nicely on a plate. Um, I find that I will make my daughter like a nice plate, and then I am eating like scraps. Or, like, end up eating her food or, like, eating um, just, like, hor- you know, like, horribly. And it occurred to me that, like, if when you love someone, you make them a, a nice plate of food. Like, I, I was trying to give my husband, like, the best piece of meat, you know, that doesn't look, that looks the best or whatever. And I try to make um, my daughter's food, like, cut nicely and, like, arrange well. And then I'm eating, like, uh, like a roll of... Ritz crackers over the sink. I mean, like, what if you had someone come to your house and you like, here, here's your Ritz Ritz crackers. crackers. Please stand next to the sink. Like, eat them. Like, you don't love someone who does that, right? And so to actually take time um, when possible (laughs) to make an actual meal that has, you know, protein in it and put on a plate (laughs) and arrange it nicely um, so that you're not feeling... Because you end up, like... Have you ever had one of those meals is like, okay, well, I had like half a grilled cheese <laughs> and I'm still hungry. There's nothing, I guess, Doritos? It's not really going to fill me up. But like, you know, but so then you, you've I eaten eat- that and then you still don't feel like you've eaten enough. So you're like, a cookie? You know, like, really, it's like there's nothing, there's no food yet. <laughs> you ate the leftovers, so then you dig into the next leftovers, but they just don't taste good. Yeah, and right. so you go back to something else and right. end up eating a bunch of cookies. Right, you end anyway. up like, yeah, you end up eating way more than if you had, if you had like... I mean, if you had planned ahead and had like a nice, yeah. a nice meal that you liked and that you love, mm-hmm. you just a way of loving yourself, taking care of yourself, and that feeds into portion control too. Because if you set something on your plate instead of like eating it out of the giant container, you're way less likely to just keep eating, even right. though right you're not hungry anymore or whatever. Yeah. All right, my tip kind of goes with both of those. And I don't know if it's just a Katie thing. It might be, maybe I'm weird. But um, as I'm, especially if Joel's not there, uh, as I'm cleaning up dinner, I kind of like snack off the kids' plates or off of the high chair. And it's like, Katie, this cut up cold piece of grilled cheese is not that great. Why are you eating it? Or this is disgusting. This is a half chicken nugget. And I just pop it in my mouth because 
I'm bored and it's well, in front of me. Well, it's also bite size. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it's like, oh, this is easy. Pop it in. I almost wonder if, like, I need to cut my food up for myself, like, maybe. beforehand. Because, like, I'm always doing that, yeah. too. I'm, like, eating, like, the just gross yeah, maybe, scraps like, off Show of respect it. for yourself, Kate. You know, <laughs> oh, I found a Cheerio on the ground. I put it in my mouth. Because, like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, that's what your one-year-old does. And you're just, I just think yeah. this mindless aspect of, like, I'm thinking about something else. I'm distracted, like what Sarah was talking yeah. about. or. It's there, like what you were talking about, and it's just this combination of, I'm just going yeah. through. Well, and it feels wasteful to throw away half a chicken nugget while no one else is going to eat it. Maybe I know. I will. But in reality, it's either going to go in the trash or it's going to go on yeah. your hips. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's wasteful of your calorie budget, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you spending your calorie on this? Yeah. Uh, Maybe because I'm irritated because, like, the boys didn't eat any of their chicken nuggets. I'm like, you gave you... <laughs> I'm full. I'm like, you had half a chicken nugget. Watch. I can pop them in real fast. So I'd watch how mommy eats. How about when you have, like, a dish of brownies or a pie and you're just, like, eating, slowly eating the whole thing by yourself one bite, like, 20 minutes each <laughs> One bite at a time. I feel like you're, like, you cut off another little piece oh, and then man. you got another little piece. And I, I read had... somewhere, like, that's, like, 100 calories per mouthful, <laughs> potentially, you know? And you're just, like, slowly, like, I, just, I don't I, allow that in my house I anymore. had a coworker at my last job who, he was infamous for taking half of whatever was left. So there'll be a brownie out on the plate, and he'll take half the brownie. And then he'll come back an hour later and take half of the <laughs> half of brownie <laughs> until there's, like, this tiny bite-sized piece of brownie left and... Yeah. Why why didn't you just eat the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, office office donut boxes, like someone will take half and then someone takes the half of that half and then it's a, it's like some like rule. Like a fraction of a tiny donut left. <laughs> Funny. Anyway, so moral of the story, be aware of what you eat. Yeah. Show yourself some respect. Yeah. You know, don't eat that. Cheerio on the ground. It's okay to throw the Cheerio away. The food, I, you know, it all comes back to really trying to enjoy every bite you eat. Yeah. In that you've planned ahead so it will be something you enjoy yeah. or you've, um, you know, taken time to enjoy what you are eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not making it ultimate, right? Like, it isn't your ultimate pleasure is food. Your ultimate pleasure is Jesus. So, like, when you try to go to it with your problems, it's going to really not help. Mm -hmm. But if you go to Jesus with your problems, then you will enjoy the food, you know, every bite as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we've been inching up our time like one minute every time. So I'm trying not to do that. We hope everyone will follow us on Instagram. This life we live in the body, trying to keep, um, that interesting and they will have all the show notes, things that we want to link to there. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>